And it happened by accident. I was reading in my time um, a passage in the book of 1 Corinthians. And as I was reading it, I was able even to teach part of it to some of the students I teach. And something stuck out to me in that passage that blessed my heart. It made my heart kind of like jump. And it was the phrase, it was the phrase, always confident, always confident. And what I want to do for the next two weeks is I want to talk about this phrase, always confident. Let me tell you how it happened. As I was preparing my message, I was going, one, and, I, and I'm not doing this just to say a story. This is what really happened this week. As I was preparing my message, I was going one direction, one direction, one direction. One. Think about how frustrating this is. If you know me personally, you're going to know how frustrating this is for me. And this is how I know that God is in this and not me, because whatever. I was going one direction. I said, this is going to be a pretty good word. And that was on Thursday slash Friday. Thursday. So then Friday, I get home, and my wife had good news. She says, I'm not going to be home till." I know, like, that's not good news. You sure want to spend time with your wife. But she says, I got an open house at work. I got to stay late. And I said, okay, this might be my chance to finish my message. So on Friday, I, I said, my son needs to go to sleep because I got to study the word, and I got to get ready for Sunday. So I, he actually did it. He fell asleep for like two hours, and I put him down, and I said, oh, my goodness, it's quiet. So I picked up what I did the day before, and I started to read. I started to study. I started to pour out my heart on notes, and then I started to recognize this. You've ever been to a road, and it's a, a, a fork in the road where you could either go right or left, and you're like, oh, I can't go straight. I can't go straight anymore. I could either go right or left. Well, that's what was given to me on Friday night. I get to a point of my message where I'm noticing either I go right to the, on this message or left. And as I started to write down notes, I went a whole different direction, but that is still tied to the other direction, but yet it's totally two different animals. And I said, Lord, this is frustrating because now which message do I preach? And God just said, why are you rushing me? Spend a few weeks on it. There's a reason why the church needs to hear about always confident. So for the next two weeks, I'm going to share with you the fork in the road. Amen? So today we'll go left. Tomorrow, next Sunday we'll go right. And um, it wasn't supposed to be a mini-series. But I love that God says, but I want it to be more than one week. So I said, God, this is your house. This is your ministry. This is your word. This is your vessel. You win. God wins? Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the phrase, always confident. And it's found in, like I told you in 1 Corinthians, I was reading a passage, and in that passage, it truly blessed me. And we're going to get more into that, especially as we keep rolling through this week and next week. And in 1 Corinthians, um, second, I keep saying 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Paul does something amazing and says something amazing in which he talks about always being confident. He talks about having problems in his life. He talks, uh, if you remember last week, we talked about the mountains, the highs, and the lows. And we're going to get into a passage in where he very clearly begins to describe that regardless of anything and everything in my life, I'm always confident. Always confident. And I said, wow, don't I need that for such a time. So today's message, if you're writing notes, write this down. It's this. Always confident, and I do weird things like this when I write notes. I put dot, dot, dot. That means like to be continued. So I put always confident 
dot, 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 at my weakest. Ain't that weird? Isn't that just awkward already as we speak? That I'm going to tell you today that at your weakest, always be what? Yeah. Like, ah, shouldn't I be confident when I'm strong, when I'm mighty, when I got things together? But then I flip it over on you. I say, no, always confident at your weakest. What is the word confident? Well, when you look at the word confident, it means to have, uh, let's talk about our faith, having a strong belief, right? I am confident in Christ. I am confident in my faith. To have full assurance, sure of self. Having no uncertainty about one's own ability, I am confident in myself and what I am able to do. Correctness, to be successful, I'm confident in these things. And as I started to think about this phrase, I realized that some of us can lack confidence. For the last weeks, we did a series, and we're not going into that again, but a series, I'll do it later. The lion that's waiting for us outside. And some of us, the truth is, we lack confidence because we never go do, huh? We never go accomplish. We say things like this, ready? Will I, will I ever be successful if I do that? Will, will, will I understand the task that has been given to me? So instead of running to things that have been thrown at us, we kind of just hide from it and we turn from it. And we say, well, maybe I'm just not ready yet. I want to share something. I mean, we could go down the list of things that we might say. But we need to come to the reality that our confidence might never manifest or might never experience growth. Listen to this. Unless we first become daring enough to try something. Man, I'm looking at Tito. I remember the first day Tito sat with me and said, I just want you to know something about me. I've known Tito for years since he was in high school and and we were much younger. And he says, and you got to know Tito to understand this phrase. Says, I'm going to start riding bikes. I say, oh, cool. He's like, oh, like bikes. Well, little did I know it was speed bikes. He's going to go to the tracks and race. And his knees are going to scrape the ground. At the beginning, if you know Tito, you're like, he's just crazy. But when you get to know Tito, you start to realize, no, no, he is just crazy. <laughs> In the sense where he did something that he never did before in his 30s, and he said, I'm going to start doing it. He got a bike, he started going to the tracks, and he became very confident in that, and if you guys didn't know this about him, he became very successful as a, a, a bike race driver, motor, moto, <laughs> mo, help me, moto driver. And he did great. But I bet you that Tito would have never been great if he would have lacked confidence. But there was something in him that was itching, and I remember him. I was like, just do it, man. You're doing a good job. Man, and he had confidence about it. But notice what he did. He just went ahead and did it. He didn't think about, well, if I fall. I don't even know if Tito even thought about that. That's what I thought. I was like, Tito, but if you fall, I'll worry about it when it happens. Well, he was very confident. Some of us, unless we first become daring enough to try something, for some of us, man, the truth is, church, just try anything for goodness sakes. <laughs> anything, just do something, just go out and talk. I was, I was going to take a video, I promise you, I was going to do this. But then I was like, it's such a small world, you're probably going to know the person. And I've learned 
through very hard times that I've always, I've always stick my foot in my mouth and I feel so bad when I do it, so I didn't do it. But I'm going to tell you the story. I'm on a red light and I see a guy, it's a whole phrase on a white shirt and in red it says something. And big, it says Jesus. And it's a young kid, younger than me. He's a young guy, younger than me, so he's a kid. I'm a man, he's a kid. So watch this. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you got that. So, so he's talking in the, in the side of the road. Watch this, true story. And I had my phone out and I was going to videotape it. And I, and I started to talk to the spirit, you know. Ah, is this a good idea, Lord? But I see him. Mind you, it's Miami. Miami never really goes to the cold front. Yesterday was a nice day. But in the middle of the afternoon, it was pretty warm. Most people in Miami listen to the radio and they have their t- windows up and their AC is blasting like mine was. So what did I do? I had my windows up, my AC on, music on. And I'm there and I see a kid in the corner and he's doing this. And he's talking to the cars on walking down and off the sidewalk. And one car passes and he's screaming and then we get another red light and I call up to him close up and he's screaming to the car. So you know, just because I'm curious, I said, well, let me lower the air, lower the radio and let me put down the window. Well, this guy was saying, Jesus, Jesus loves you. And he's coming. And he was screaming. And I sat there. And I looked at him. I said, oh my gosh, does he not know that no one hears him? No one heard. I wanted to roll down the window and say, come, I want to interview you, man. Like, I saw him. I said, I've never seen someone so confident. I've never seen that like that. I, I really don't know whether I agree or disagree. At least he's doing something, right? At least he's doing something. But I thought it was pretty neat, and I was going to show the video of, hey, I'm going to tell you what confidence is, and I was going to play it for you. Say, if that's not confidence. But then again, I don't want all of you to go to the side of the road with a new life shirt and screaming at cars, and then, Pastor Eagle, what's going on with your church? Oh, my. Um, I see what happened was I preached this. So I'm not trying to tell you to do that. But I got to see that with my own eyes. And I, for good reasons, I didn't want to show it because I know there would have been someone here that says, dude, that's my nephew. That's my son. And then I would have been feeling horrible right now. But I want to say this, and if you're taking notes, write this down. That kid might be talking to cars today, but I wouldn't doubt that in 10 years that that kid might be talking to an arena full of people. Whether you agree with him or not. Can I tell you why? Because I believe that confidence grows through experience. And if you got to preach to a wall, Preach to the wall because one day God will give ears to that wall so he could get saved. I believe it. Sometimes it grows through experience. Now listen to what I'm about to tell you. Experience is a key word for today. You're going to see me talk about experience so much. If you are one who longs to live in confidence today, you're going to have to understand this word called experience. Are you someone who lives life that lacks confidence? You lack sureness. You, you're uncertain about your own abilities. You might have no strong belief about anything. My goodness, you're just like there. Maybe that's you today. How many of you have ever felt like this? Because I wrote this down because this is how I felt. Ready? Have you ever felt like water? You've ever felt like just everything is unsure? Just you're like water, you know, wherever it goes, water just goes and... You say things like, well, I don't know a lot. You say things like, well, what do you think? Do you say that a lot? Or do you say this one a lot? What if a lot? Do you say things like that, those phrases a lot? That's probably great indicators that you lack confidence. 
If you say, I don't know, what do you think, what if? You might feel like there's nothing solid about you. There's nothing concrete, nothing stable. You're just unsure about so much. No confidence whatsoever. If this is you, I truly believe that in the next two weeks, you are going to be rocked and blessed. Amen? But I want you to know this next point. Don't you ever think, don't ever think that you will build confidence if you never go out and experiment. You can write that if you want. I believe that experimentation brings forth confidence. I believe that. My wife is getting her master's. And she says, love, at the end of the school year, I start my internship. Well, talk to me about your internship. Well, internship is a time where I hate it, where I don't get paid to do stuff for what I should get paid for. Who does that kind of stuff? <laughs> Our universities. Okay. And as I do my internship, I will step into the field of that in which I'm studying. For what? To experiment. On what? On stuff I've learned. For what? So that I could learn it so when I start getting paid, I've mastered that thing. So what you mean to tell me, love, is that for you to build confidence in this trade that you're working hard to accomplish, you need to go through a time of experimentation to get to the point of mastering it. And, she, and I, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Well, I don't like it. We need money. Amen. <laughs> But I truly believe that experimentation brings forth confidence. But listen to what I'm about to tell you. This can be very dangerous, though, because my next question to you is this. What are you experiencing on? Don't just experience on anything. That could be dangerous. The last thing that you want is to experiment on the wrong thing, gaining a confidence and a trust in the wrong thing, which can lead you to a really bad situation. Be very careful in what you experiment in. And I've learned in my life that the more I experience in my own strength, in my own knowledge, in my own wisdom, the more I've experienced and experimented in that, listen to what I'm about to tell you. I've always been led, I've always been led to a self-confidence which has resulted in failure. When I trusted in myself, when I trusted in my strength, when I trusted in what I knew, me, 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 I learned something very hard, and I'm learning something. Your result, Rigo, is failure when it's about you. Amen? And after this experimentation of my life, I came to this conclusion that I was uncertain about my own abilities, that there really was no strength in me when I thought there was. Anyone ever been there? I had really no assurance. I was uncertain really about everything. I didn't even know the answer. You want to know what I went through for a lot of my life? I didn't even know the answer of the most important question to me at the time. Want to know what it was? When I die, am I going to go to heaven or to hell? How can I not know that? How can I not be confident in the most important question? Where will you, Rigo, spend the rest of eternity? Well, I don't know. Well, you better start getting confident in that question because you're going to face it one day. If I die, where will I go? 
Listen, I don't think that's confidence at all when you don't know how to answer that. Because I thought I was confident, but truth is, I had not even a drop, a drip of confidence. My experimentation on self failed. Anyone ever experiment on themselves and it's failed on them? You know what? God has me exactly where he wanted me when it failed. And he has me exactly where he wants me today. You want to know where? At my weakest. Standing before you is a very, very weak man. And if you ever thought that you came to a church to hear a message from someone who is strong, wrong church. I don't even know what to tell you. I am weak, and I probably am weaker than some of you. Can I at least get an amen to help me out? Okay, I was scared I was not going to see half of you next Sunday. (laughs) Well, this guy needs to be strong if he wants me to come back to this church. But God has me exactly at my weakest. And you might be thinking, well, Pastor, that doesn't make sense. It totally does make sense. You know why? Because at my weakest, I had no choice but to open the door to Christ, who was knocking at my heart's door. At that moment, my experimentation on Christ began. Listen to this. And when that experimentation on Christ started, listen, I was never the same. A godly confidence grew in me that never caused me to look back again, never caused me to turn away. I've been looking at him ever since that day. I know some of you can relate to me. I read something this week, and I, and I wrote it down, and I want to share with you. I don't know if it's going to be on the screen, but just listen to it. I read this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and you will keep your eyes off yourself. I thought I was going to hit harder. <laughs> I guess it was for me. But God showed me something about that verse. We go, keep your eyes on me, and you will less... You will stop looking at yourself. And that's what's happened, and that's what's still happening today. I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at Jesus. I'm going to share a quote before I get into the passage of Scripture, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to start turning there. But John Piper, he's a very known pastor who now is preaching in different conferences and all that, very known person, author, preacher. He is quoted for saying this, and I want to put that quote up. It's from John Piper. Watch what he says here. God's first great design in all our trouble is that we might let go of self-confidence. When we do that, there is a temporary sense of falling. You can look at that word falling. You could change it into failing. But by faith faith in God's mercy, we land infinitely more secure. (laughs) So by falling from our self-confidence, we are actually more secure than ever. Because now we are in the arms of our Father, who is utterly in control at the brink of life and death. How many of you are there? I know I am. I know I am. In 2 Corinthians 12 is the passage that we're going to be on today. And that's it. We're not moving from, we're going to, we're going to just exegete this thing. We're going to just go verse by verse. Amen? In 2 Corinthians 12, it starts off. And Paul is 
sharing some interesting things. If you're reading the New King James or the ESV, it's all good. Follow with me. But I want to make sure no one gets lost today. So if I go back and forth, but mostly stick on the NLT, it's going to be okay. Don't hate me for it. But watch what he says here. He says, this boasting will do no good. But I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. Verse 2. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and I heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things that no human is allowed to tell. Wow. Paul, I want that. Paul's like, listen to me. I don't know whether I went to heaven or not, but something happened. I don't know if I... You really have to ask God because I don't know the answer. I either went up in the body or I went up in the spirit. I don't know what happened, but I saw a piece of paradise. I saw a piece of heaven and I heard things that I'm not even... I can't even explain to you what I've heard. So there's going to be a language and there's going to be things being heard there that we don't even have an idea of what it's going to be like. Trust me, you're not going to be bored in eternity. We'll talk more about that next week. But he's like, this boasting is no good. Yes, I was caught up to paradise. Yes, I went up to the heavens. Yes, I saw pieces of heaven that no one's ever seen. I want you to see what Paul is saying here as we talk about always confident. He, is, he experienced something, guys, in this text that not many people had a chance to experience and tell about. Well, what did he experience? He went to heaven. Ever been there? <laughs> I haven't. I know some people that have written books and movies and all that. They say they have. I haven't. But here's Paul, and he's saying, I've been there, and I can only think about a few others that have had the same sort of vision. John? Isaiah and Ezekiel, and now Paul. Other than that, in, in the passage of Scripture, I don't see anyone else. And, and he starts off by saying, this boasting will do no good. What do you mean no good? Shoot, if I went to heaven and I saw things I've never seen and heard, I'll be like, guys, for the next year, guess what I'm preaching on? <laughs> I got my messages down packed. And that's what you're going to want to hear. Rico, shut up. Tell us more about what you saw. Tell us more about what you heard. But Paul's like, I'm not even going to talk about those things. I'm not even going to boast about them. Look at verse 5. He says, that experience is worth boasting about. How many of you would say yes? It sure is. But I'm not going to do it. And, I'm, and I, you know what I'm doing, right? Because I'm weird like this. I'm reading the passage. Like, Come on, Paul. Like, I know what the next verse is going to say. I've read it. But sometimes I read the Bible and I forget. And I'm talking to the author. And as I'm reading, I'm like, come on, Paul. You should have just said it, man. And he's, like, I'm, and he's like talking to me. He's like, Rigo, I'm not going to do it. Look what he says next. I underlined it in my notes. I will boast only. Come on, church. Come on. Are you, Paul, are you serious? You just went to heaven. I only know four other people in the Bible, three other people in the Bible. But you want to talk to me about your weakness? Talk to me about heaven. Talk to me about what you saw. Notice Paul. Notice his heart. If I'm going to boast about anything, it will not be about my accomplishments, is what he's telling the church. 
It's not going to be about what I've seen or what I've done or where I've been. Huh? You know anyone like that? He's like, I'm not going to do it. What is he really saying? Don't even ask me. I'm not going to do it. You can take me out to dinner. I'm not going to do it. And then he goes on. He says, I will boast only about my weaknesses. Paul, Paul, no. Why would you boast only about your weakness? Listen, church, when I read this passage, that does not make sense. <laughs> Tell me about what you saw. My goodness. Can we keep reading? Look at verse 6. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so. Yeah, I could do it because, shoot, I've been there. Because I would be telling the truth, but I won't. <laughs> I think he's pretty set up his mind, right? His mind's, he's made up his mind. I'm not going to do it. Stop asking me. But look what he says next. Because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Wow. He doesn't want in any credit in anything. Church, listen to this. There's only one thing that he wants credit for. Give me credit for what you see in my life and what you hear me preach. Other than that, don't give me credit for any other story I could ever tell you. It's as if he's saying, don't have me or don't have any reason to boast or to find confidence in me as I am your pastor, as I am your apostle Paul, he's saying. Don't find any reason to have confidence in me. Because Paul's like, I've learned that that is very dangerous when the church had confidence on man. Huh? Huh? You've ever heard about a church that the church had confidence on a man? Something happened to that man and something very bad happened to that church? Because their confidence and their trust was on man. Paul says what? Don't trust me. Don't have confidence in me. That's why I want no credit about my stories. Where I've been, what I've done, what I've seen. If I'm going to have credit for anything, what does Paul say? On my weaknesses. I want people to give me credit on what they see me and how I live my life. The message that I preach, because who cares what I have to say? What Paul is saying is, what really matters is what God has to say. And when you're more concerned about what man has to say, rather than what God has to say, you, church, are in very big trouble. That's what he's telling the church. So I have no confidence in me, only in how you see me live, and only how you hear me preach, because I've learned that it's dangerous in any other way. So because of that, Paul says, I will only speak, listen, of the weak things in me. You know, you can't go wrong when you talk about your weakness, because you're throwing it out there, and there's nothing to hide. So when, the, so when the finger gets pointed, you're like, why are you pointing? I've already shown you that I'm weak in that area. And that's exactly what's happening. I'm going to speak of the weak things in me. Watch this. Not so I can be admired, not so I can be looked upon as if, as if I'm higher than everyone else. I'm actually, what Paul is saying here, I'm actually an open book. 
Here are my weaknesses. Like, like this is not Superman in the booth where I, I hide who I am inside and only in like superhero moments I'm like, Superman's here. No, no, like, like I'm always weak and every time I talk to you, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses because you're going to see why in a second. And I can't say anything else. I'm an open book. Here's my weaknesses. Basically what he's saying is, look what God does with me and that I boast. That's good. Now that is something to look at. That Paul is saying, in my weaknesses, God does something beautiful and that is worth talking about. Not what I saw in heaven. But what God does in a weak vessel like me. Let's keep reading the passage so we don't get so caught up in just verse 6. Look at verse 7. Even though I've, heard, I've, I've received such wonder, wonderful revelations from God to keep me from becoming proud, guess what was given to me? I was given a thorn in my flesh. I wonder if anyone here has a thorn in their flesh. What's its name? Uh, don't say it because maybe it's sitting next to you. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Some of you are like this. Esta mujer me tiene loco, ya. Some of you ladies are like, este hombre ya no puedo más. This man, this woman, I can't deal with them anymore. I'm not saying that's your thorn in the flesh. I know you love that person you're sitting next to. All the people say? Amen. All right, you better say amen. But Paul says, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, comma, a messenger from Satan, and he was made to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Paul is saying this. Do you see? You see this? This thorn in my flesh was given to me. Listen. But don't get me wrong. Man, I'm about to. Hey, real quick. If no one has paid attention, and then you, you plan not to pay attention for the last part of the message, Ready? Everyone just pay attention to this part right now, okay? Come over here. That's all I need you for right now, this last, this second. When Paul says this, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me. Paul's like, this thorn in my flesh was given to me. But watch this. Don't get me wrong. For you, it might seem shameful. Come here. For you, it might seem shameful because you see my thorn. Hey, listen to me. If I were to tell you guys some of my thorn in my flesh, some of you guys, can I be honest with you? Because I'm a very transparent person. I think if you go to any other church that's not transparent, get out of that church. Amen? If I were just to reveal some of my thorn in my flesh that just me and my wife know about, I don't know if a third of you would ever come back to this church. Can I be very honest? If I know some of your thorn in your flesh, how many of you would say, I'll be scared of how he looks at me? Paul's like, I've been given a thorn in my flesh, but don't get me wrong, for you it might, for you it might seem shameful. Listen to this. I might be an embarrassment to you because of this thorn in the flesh. I might not fit in with your group because of this thorn in my flesh. But listen to what Paul says. But for me, it's good. Why is it good, Paul? Why is it good not to fit in with everyone, to be an embarrassment so that people can look at you and be shameful of you? And he's like, it's good for me because because of that, I will not become proud. I will not become confident in myself. So it's been given to me to keep me at a place where God can be glorified. That's good. But it doesn't even end there what Paul is really sharing to the church. Paul is really saying, I need my weakness. 
I need my weaknesses. I need my thorn in my flesh. It causes me not to see or look at myself or my strengths or my wisdom or my power or my knowledge or my own confidence because I've done that and it's all failed me. Paul's like, I've gotten the realization of what this life in Christianity is all about. You want to know the answer? I'm confident, church, at my weakest. And for some of you, when someone reveals their weakness, you run from them. Like if they got some sort of virus that they can't even be talked to anymore. Love you, church. Everyone say, I love you too. But you're wrong if that's you. Because you're not any better than anyone else in this room. We all have issues. Some are bigger, it might seem. Some are smaller. But don't take it away that it's still that person's issue. Amen? And listen to me. I'm going to substitute the word issue. It might be that person's weakness. Man, if you could just grab that. Because some of you have a weakness in your life. And it was always meant to bring you down. How about if I tell you, God brought it to bring you up. (laughs) I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it that way. I needed this because in my weakness, that's when I'm confident because I've realized that I can't do it. I don't deserve it. I am just a shameful rag. But God uses me. Some of us thought, if you want to write this down, you can, but here's your blessing for today. Some of us thought that our great, oh man, that our great weakness or weaknesses has been our curse. When in reality, it's become your blessing. To have no confidence in yourself, which fails. But confidence in Christ, where once and for all we succeed. If you're someone that points at people's weaknesses, can I lovingly, pastorally, brotherly tell you, stop pointing at their weaknesses. Do you know that that might be exactly what God needs them to have in their lives? And in you, you might have some weaknesses. And you might thought it was your curse, but I'd switch it up on you and say, well, that's not what Paul says. Paul says it's actually not your curse. It's actually your blessing. Because because of that thorn in your flesh, you can only trust in Christ Jesus, your strength. For he becomes your confidence when you are not confident in yourself. Hallelujah. How many of you are being blessed by Paul's letter? Paul's letter, it's, it's, he wrote it already, no? Nothing that I'm saying, I'm just re- reading what he read, wrote. Sometimes pastoring is easy, preaching. You just read what people already wrote. I'm going to share what Watchman Nee was quoted for saying. L- look at this quote. Good quote. He says this, unless believers appreciate their own weakness, that is, know how incompetent they are in themselves, to encounter the supernatural, they shall be deceived. Don't deceive yourself. You got a weakness. And that weakness is for you to reach the supernatural of God. Amen? Always confident. When? Always confident. At my weakness. Verse 8, because we got to flow through this. Ready? Verse 8 says this. He's been given a thorn in the flesh. Paul's really struggling with his weakness. But he's boasting and he's happy about his weakness. And then me and you ask the question like, Paul, but have you ever prayed to God about taking away your weakness? 
How many of you have ever said that to someone? Have you ever prayed for healing in your life? And they're like, yeah, a million times. Have you, have you ever really just prayed for your child? Yeah. Paul's like, don't ask me if I've prayed for this. You think I want this? How many of you have a weakness that you could look at me today and say, Rico, you think I want this? Oh, no. I see some nods. I know I have some weaknesses that I could look at you, church, and say, Church, you think I want this? <laughs> Pastor Rigo, you just got to pray. Anoint yourself with oil, remember? Smear. <laughs> Only last week people got that. <laughs> I love preaching. I have a good time, man. I love you guys, okay? I look forward to preaching to you guys and share the word with you guys. Pause like verse 8. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. I don't want to be like this. Just like you don't want to be like that. Trust me, trust me. Vela's so cute. Just like the person next to you doesn't really want to be like that. And Paul says, three times I prayed. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Verse 9, verse 9. Every time I prayed for the Lord to take this away, each time the Lord said what? My grace is sufficient. My grace is all you need. It's all you need. For my power works best. How many of you are praying for God's power? No one in the church of new life is praying for God's power. We are. How many of us are praying for God's power? Amen. Well, guess what? That power will be manifested through and in your weakness. You need that weakness because in it, God will show his power. Oh, so that's why he hasn't taken away. Maybe that's why. And that's what Paul is saying. (laughs) I'm preaching. (laughs) <laughs> I love her. I'm just joking. I love her. So now, I'm glad, he says. He says, I'm glad to boast. Look what he says next. I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. You've ever met someone that says, hey, guess what? I'm not going to even say what he's weak at. I'm really bad at this. Whoa, you're kind of uh, open there. <laughs> Calm down a little bit, buddy. Hey, guess what? I'm not even going to get in trouble. I'm just going to stay to the text. Well, Paul's like, I'm glad to boast about my weakness. And look what he says next. So that the power of Christ can work through me. Hey, hey, so that the power of Christ can work through me. I started today speaking about experience. Remember that? Let's go back to that. I, I spoke about experimentation. Do you guys see Paul here? He's been stripped from all the experiences he has ever encountered, which has led him to failure. And now he is led to experience Christ in a way that not many do. And because of this experimentation in Christ, which I pray that we do today and for the rest of our lives do experience him, he begins to talk about how the power of Christ is working in it. I want you to look at this text that we just read. Every time I pray for God to take it away, but he continues to say no. I need it so that my power could work through it. Guys, can you guys agree with me for a second? When I read this passage, is Paul's weaknesses, is it getting any stronger? Yes or no? Yes, it is, or no, it's not? It's not. His weaknesses are what? Still there, like an open book, like an open sore. Can't run from it. Some of us, we think, oh, by the year 20 that I'm serving God. My weaknesses will be gone. 
And God is like, no. Who told you that? Paul died with that weakness. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not manipulating the word. God could still heal. God could still deliver. God could still cast away. That's a whole other preaching. God, because I've seen it. I've seen people get healed. I've seen people from cancer. I've seen it. Don't neglect God's healing power. I'm not talking about that right now. Amen? Okay, I want to make sure because I was getting scared. Oh, Pastor Rico doesn't believe in healing. God can't do things today. He could. But don't think that just because someone has a weakness doesn't mean that God hasn't healed them. Paul's weaknesses is not getting any stronger. But have you noticed something in this passage? The most important thing is not his weakness. What is it? It's his experiencing the Lord that has gotten stronger. Guys, you've been given a weakness so you could run and experience the Lord. And that's what's getting stronger in Paul's life. That's what brought growth. It brought power to Paul. That's what gave him confidence, experiencing Jesus. It's not just experiencing to gain confidence. Listen, church, but it's in who you are experiencing in that will gain your confidence. And that person is Jesus Christ, according to this text. It's Jesus Christ. Verse 10, he says this, and I'm, I'm going to end, and I really am going to end at any moment now. Verse 10 says this, that's why I take pleasure. I take pleasure in my weaknesses. I take pleasure in my insults, in my hardships, in my persecutions, in troubles that I suffer for Christ. Guys, everyone with me, look what Paul says next. Verse 10, for when I am weak, then I am what? Does not make sense. But how many of you know that the Bible says God's ways are not man's ways? And here is Paul. And Paul says, I take pleasure in my weaknesses because when I am weak, then that's when I become strong. Did you guys catch Paul's letter? His earthly weakness his earthly weaknesses, not his revelations from God, not that I went to heaven and I heard the voice of God. His weaknesses, church, would be the platform for perfecting and demonstrating the Lord's power. His weaknesses, not where he's been, what he's done, and what he said. His weaknesses. Put him on the platform to show God's power. I don't even know what to tell you next. But in part one, I can tell you this. Don't miss the second part. Don't miss. Like if you're here today, you're almost obligated to cancel whatever plan you have next Sunday. And say, I can't miss what else God wants to talk about confidence. But don't miss this, that... You're always confident. Even at your weakest, you're always confident. If you study the book, if you study his text, you will learn that God uses weaknesses to build confidence. Throughout the weeks, we've talked about David. David's short stature. Weakness. Everyone say weakness. Short stature defeats a giant great stature I don't, I don't understand that Moses' speech impediment everyone say weakness 
was able to speak before kings, Pharaoh, and bring forth and call out judgments on the land of Egypt. Weaknesses. Gideon's small army, everyone says, 300, weak. 300. Defeats a massive, strong army that would have swallowed them. Weakness. Jeremiah's young age. Ah, you better believe it. Because some people think that age is a weakness. You got to be older. Lord, I can't do this. I'm too young. You know what the Lord told Jeremiah? Don't you ever say out of your mouth that you're too young again. I love it. That's the weakness I gave you. You're in a moment of youthfulness. But in Jeremiah's young age, he stood before kings and rulers. Weaknesses. Build confidence in all these men. How many of you can say amen? I guess I'll end with this verse. Want to stand with me? Turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Where's my um? Where's my son? Leave the lights on. My son, bring my son to me. Son. Maori, bring my son. Uncle Maori. He's not going to like this. He loves the children's room. Is he skipping church today? Ah. The wrong person's bringing him. He's not coming to me with you carrying him. Bango Baba. Oh, wow. Nah, he thinks I'm taking him to the drums. Look, he's not going to the drums. My son's weak. My son's weak. He's weak. He's stronger than some babies, but he's weak. I show up to the daycare the other day. You're not going to play. Look at everyone over here, buddy. I showed up to the daycare the other day. And I know my son in two seconds. I could tell the difference. I shared with some people here. He had a... Um, his lip was like punched, man. And I saw him two seconds. I just saw him from a distance. I said, something's wrong with my son. I went up to him. I said, ¿Qué le pasó? What happened to him? Oh, he fell. He fell. It's more than a fall. And I picked him up and I said, his, his tooth is chipped. He chipped his tooth. He busted his whole mouth. It's tough. And I looked at him and I got him in the car and I pulled over to the side. I'm such a little wimp. You know, I'm a first time dad, so bear with me. I cried. Oh, God, my son. He's in pain. He's fine now. He's a terror. You should see what he does in the house. He's okay. He doesn't even feel it anymore. You want to show him your... your what are you doing? You want to show him your tooth? Show him your tooth. That's how it will happen. Show him your tooth, man. Say hallelujah. Something. Making that look bad. Do something, for goodness sakes. But he's weak. He's weak. And I know of my son's weaknesses. I know that. And because I know of my son's weaknesses, 
I need to sharpen those weaknesses. I need to watch them in those weaknesses. Because if I neglect those weaknesses, he's going to become a youth one day, a young adult one day, an adult one day. And he's going to lack self-esteem. He might lack confidence in himself because those weaknesses in his life were never watched over, never taught through. But I know he has weaknesses. And my responsibility as a father is to build up his life, even with weaknesses. Some of you are parents, and you know what I'm talking about. Some of your sons and daughters have many weaknesses. Has has it ever stopped you from loving them? Baloney. You probably love them even more because they're weak. I love my son's weaknesses. You want to know why? Because I get to hold them more. I love my son's, I don't want him to get stronger in a way. Because I want him to always count on mom and dad. But I know one day those weaknesses are going to become strengths. Some he's going to stay with. And that is why when he's going to be 30, he's still going to say, Dad, I need advice. You want to know why? Because you're still weak. But there's going to be some that he's going to grow from. And it's going to kill me. It's going to hurt me. But for right now, I'm enjoying his weaknesses. Because his weaknesses let me bathe with him. His weaknesses let me dress him. You think when he's 13, come on, son, we gotta go to school. Lift up your leg. Dad, you're disgusting. Let's go take a shower, son, I'm ready. Dad, you're in your 50s. That's weird, right? But right now, he's weak. He can't bathe himself. He can't dress himself. Dad wasn't home this morning because I came earlier for a meeting. He can't comb himself. He needs dad. He can't even make milk. I love this time. I love it. Can I tell you something? The Lord loves you even in your weakness. Because he gets to do this. gonna get to an age that I might do this and make dad stop that but for right now I love it and when the Lord carries you in your weakness come on you wanna know what he's doing you're so weak you think it's a curse it's not a curse It's the Father's joy that you're always in desperate need for Him because of your weakness. Because if you were not weak anymore, you wouldn't need Jesus. There are some weaknesses that this young man is going to have to deal with and grow up from. Don't get me wrong. But there are some weaknesses that I know he's never, ever, ever, ever going to leave him. And I know he's going to always need that. You want to know why? Because I'm 33 years old. The other day I called my father and my car broke down and I said dad I'm 33 years old my car didn't break down I hit something 
and that's why I broke down. I might as well be transparent. I was tired. And I said, Dad, my car is smoking from the engine. I see a lot of smoke and I'm driving it. Do you think I should pull over? Because I don't want a car to blow up on me. And Dad says, yeah. <laughs> How's the, the thing? Is it all the way on high? Yep. It's going all the way on high. He says, hurry up. Pull, turn the car off. Call the tow truck. Don't tow it. Get out of the car. I'm so weak that at 33, I still need my father for certain things. And I'll be 40. And I'll be 50. And I'll be 60. And I'll be 70. So I'm not screaming, Papa. Why are you so mad? What did they do? They're good, they're good. But I'm still going to be in need, Dad. I still sin. I still have these issues that I can't get rid of. I thought you healed me from this. And God says, Son, I have you just where I want you. Because that your weakest is where we are both the strongest my son is strongest when dad is with him I dare you to touch my son come here I dare you to touch me when I'm with my father I dare someone to touch you at your weakest when you're with your father I don't even know how to, you know, this doesn't happen too often. I don't even know how to end this service. I guess we'll pray. I never read the scripture. Consider your calling. Not many of you are wise. Not many of you are powerful not many of you are noble from birth but God chose what is foolish to shame the wise chose the weak to shame the strong the low and despised the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are so that no human being would boast in his own presence and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Dad, what do I do with my car? As a son, Dad, I still need wisdom from you. So that you would become righteous and the sanctification and the redemption through Christ. So as it is written, if you are going to boast, you boast in the Lord because you are just like my son Jackson weak weak he alone is strong and that's it man true story let's pray let's pray thank you dear Jesus we thank you for today because Lord I'm weak Lord, we are weak.
thank you that in my weaknesses, for there are many, that's where your power is. That's where I rest in. Lord, most important, that's where I am confident. I'm confident today. I'm confident at my weakest. I pray that you would bless this church at their weakest. New life is at its weakest, God. As a pastor, I say that. But Lord, I pray that at our weakest, we would be the most confident church in this world. So Lord, bless us today. Strengthen us today. Glorify yourself over our weaknesses today. We praise you. We love you. name we pray. Together we say, Amen. Give God some praise.